Welcome to Closing Day. This podcast is for anyone looking to get into their very first home. The steps to buying a property are complicated. How much house can I afford? Where do I start? Should I just rent for the rest of my life? Hear from industry experts and get the answers. If you're looking to purchase your first home, you are in the right place. This podcast will help you get closer to closing day. Hey everyone, it's Cassie, producer of Closing Day, and we're here with our host, Kyle Pucko. Cassie, quite the episode we just had. Yeah. Uh, we had Kathy Swafford on from Missoula Mortgage here in town. She's the owner. She's an Air Force vet. She's a Montanan. And man, we, we learned a ton about just what happens exactly to your money um, during the closing process. Yeah, it was nice to hear, you know, where that money comes from, who actually sees that money, how it's transferred, and really what you have to do once you make that offer and you need the money. I mean, that's kind of confusing, so. I felt like we got really deep into things like the underwriting process. And for those listening, like, is this an episode I want to listen to? This sounds kind of bland. Uh, Definitely encourage you to listen on because there's some things like if you're in a, in a relationship and one of you has a better credit score, you know, there's some things you can do there. And also just what to look out for when selecting a lender. Like interest rates aren't always locked and you can, uh, she talks about just how to navigate that process. Yeah, totally. I think there's a lot of great questions in here that you should be asking your lender when you're starting this process. And so get out your pen and paper if you have it. Get out your pen and paper. <laughs> Great tip. Cool. Yeah, and always check those show notes. Don't forget, you know, after each episode, we've we've got all the resources that our guests talk about in those show notes. So make sure to check those out. Yeah. Well, let's listen to the episode. All right, everybody. Welcome to Closing Day. We're here with Kathy. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Yeah. And Kathy, you're from right here in Missoula, Missoula Mortgage uh, owner, and we just got we just got to talking about your time in the Air Force. I think that's that's really cool that you were in Arizona, England, and then you landed in Montana. Uh, and I'm always curious at how people find themselves in the the mortgage industry and the real estate industry. What what does your path look like? I answered a classified ad. Really? <clears throat> I did. And uh, worked with a small broker over in Great Falls, learned what not to do. And then uh, wanted to move over to Missoula and worked for a uh, an out-of-state company as a representative. So if you send your mortgage payment to somewhere out-of-state, that's a lender. That's who I worked for. Got it. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Did that for a while. Um, realized that Montana was a big state to drive in. So yep. settled down here in Missoula. Uh, worked for a broker for a while. They sold out to a bank. Worked for the bank for a while, they sold out again, and I ended up with um, Missoula Mortgage. Missoula Mortgage. Been there ever since. Very cool. And it, it seems to me, you just mentioned, sold out to this company, sold out to that company. We've heard that from a couple of the folks we've had on the podcast that, you know, it's a it's a busy world, the real estate industry and the mortgage industry, and maybe your mortgage gets sold and bought and things happen after a transaction, but um, Missoula Mortgage is unique. It's Two, two people, two people total. And as I'm driving around Montana and Missoula and anywhere in the country, you see a lot of mortgage companies, a lot of signs. So how does a company like Missoula Mortgage or, um, you know, or yourselves, how do you differentiate yourselves from the, the many options out there when it comes to, I'm looking to buy a house, I need to borrow money, 
I need I need a lender. I need a place to go. Why why would somebody look at a shop that's two people instead of a Bank of America? Well, we're going to answer your phone call. We're going to return your phone calls. We're going to make ourselves available when you are available. Uh, we like it when our people work. And so meeting after hours, meeting on the weekends, that's what mm. we can afford for you. Yeah, that's a big deal. You know, getting into the bank during business hours can be tough for some people that they're taking off work and they might be losing money by doing that. So that's a that's one we haven't heard before is the after hours conversations and you answer your phone call and it's not a robot is what you're saying, uh, answering the other line there. That's right. Yeah. Now, you know, just kind of jumping right into it with those services, can folks be expected to um, pay more because of that? Actually, you pay less. Interesting. And how does that work? I have less overhead than a bank. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the two of us, and we can broker our uh, loans to a number of different people um, that offer better rates and better terms. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. Less overhead. That makes total sense. Although the coffee at the banks, well, I guess the coffee at the banks is pretty terrible. Usually, I think it's pretty awful. But do you guys have a decent cup of coffee if we were to come? No coffee, sorry. No coffee. Okay, water. Can I get something? You can get some cool okay, good. water. Ice cold. Perfect. Um, so today we're really diving into, I've just made an offer on a home. That was our last episode. And I've signed the paperwork. I've signed the buy-sell agreement. And it's been accepted. Haven't yet gotten into the home inspection world. Haven't talked much about at all about title companies and closing days. But right now, I want to know. I've just made an offer, and let's let's pretend that Missoula Mortgage and, and you, Kathy, are my lender. Um, what should I do? What should I do next with with my lender? Well, hopefully, you came to see me before you made the offer. Of course, right. We've had conversations. I've been pre-approved, pre-qualified. Okay. I've got decent credit, and you know, got the got the letter. We're good to go. What's what's my next step? Think about whether or not you're going to have a home inspection. Mm-hmm. A home inspector, their job is to make you feel like you are buying the worst house on the planet. They're not delivering you good news, is what you're saying. That's They're not, not going to tell you how structurally sound every piece of your home is. They're going to go through it with a fine tooth comb. Yeah. And their job is to look for every single flaw to make sure that you are aware of the type of house that you are purchasing. Mm -hmm. Now, in terms of lending, is that when, is that when I get my loan and I'm ready to pay? I guess the question is, you know, there's this time frame between when you made an offer and closing day. On average, how long is that? How long is that time? I can close in about 30 days. 30 days is probably the the shortest amount of time and it can, what if it goes 60 days? Then well, I'm going to prepare you for that. Okay. And some reasons that it might, does it always close in 30 days? Or what are some things that I should be prepared for to say, okay, it's March 1st. I want to close on April 1st. Um, that's realistic. But what sort of things do I need to have in order to, to do that? Well, we have to have your paperwork in order. Okay. I have to have all of your documentation ready to go. I, I've been doing this an awfully long time, so yeah. I can tell by what I see from the documentation whether or not it's going to be an easy process or not. And some red flags for you immediately in terms of documentation would be what types of things would say, this might be a longer than normal closing time? Actually, it'd be the type of loan. Okay. For example, uh, rural development loans, mm-hmm. they take longer. They just do. If you're buying an REO process, which means 
house has gone into foreclosure, um, nobody's bought it on the courthouse steps, and it's gone back to the lender, mm -hmm. that also takes a longer amount of time. Okay. Could be 60 days, 90 days? Could be 60 there. days. Yeah, okay. Um, so let's say I'm doing my conventional loan, and I've my buy-sell has, has been accepted. Um, should I meet with you the next day? Should I call you at your home and say, Kathy, I've made an offer. Um, we need the money now. Or when do we need this money by? <laughs> I get a lot of those calls. Um, don't need your money yet. Okay, good. Don't need your money yet. Um, you, again, you need to decide whether or not you're going to have a home inspection. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have a home inspection, work with your real estate agent and find someone who is available to do it within the time frame uh, set by the buy-sell agreement. Mm -hmm. Once that has taken place, you'll get a report and it's anywhere from 15 to 30 pages. And you'll go over the report with your real estate agent and you'll decide if the house is still something that you want to buy based on the condition. Sure. Okay. Sure. If there's some things there that really make you concerned, then you discuss it with your real estate agent and say, gosh, this thing needs a new roof. What are we going to do about that? Mm -hmm. Or this thing has three broken windows. My government loan isn't going to like that. Yeah. So under a conventional loan, do you have a lot of these conversations where your client comes to you and says, you know, they this place might need a new roof. It's going to cost $5,000. Work with me to, what can I do? Because I have my down payment. That's great. But I just have my down payment. And so I'm a little scared that, and maybe not a roof. Let's use an example like it needs, uh, the windows might be a good example. So it might be $1,000 instead of $5,000. Um, what do you advise folks to do if, they, if they're considering yes or no based on an inspection that, you know, hey, I can fix these windows and this home is where I want it to be, but I don't have $1,000 in addition to my down payment to make this happen? Well, the first thing that you need to understand is I can't increase the loan amount to help pay for repairs. Okay. Okay. If it needs a roof, then you need to go back to the seller and say, hey, I'd love to buy your house, but it needs a roof. What are we going to do? So if you're borrowing $100,000, you can't say, let's just borrow $105,000 and at closing day, we'll pay the roof for $5,000. Can't come from the borrower. Got it. The other thing too is that you never want to put any work into a house that you don't own. Mm -hmm. so, Make sure that those changes are happening after closing day. Or before closing day if the seller is going to take responsibility right. for them. Yeah. Um, and why do you say that? You've seen you've seen some negative things happen when you're under contract or you've, you've signed the buy-sell and the home inspection happens and the, the buyer says, okay, I want to put these new windows in. I've got a great contractor. I'm just going to do it and have the seller reimburse me after closing day. And then lo and I behold... I never, ever recommend that. Don't ever do that. I don't recommend it because if something else happens, you've just improved a house that you don't own. Right. It's not guaranteed, is it? What percentage of people would you say make it from, I've made an offer to now I'm, I've closed? I think the majority of people do. Yeah. As long as in the beginning we have really good conversations mm -hmm. and that they understand what they're getting into. So it's a high percentage. And the most, the most frequent reason that folks don't make it to the closing day, what would you say? Home inspection. Home inspection comes back and just unearths things that you had no idea existed. 
or the or the seller is not willing to negotiate. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always going to be things on the on the home inspection that you're going to be able to live with. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I want to discuss a little bit is if the home inspection comes back and say, for example, it needs new carpet. I have a program that allows for uh, a certain amount of money to do as rehabilitation loan. And so then we would switch gears a little bit to say, okay, you want $5,000 to buy appliances and you want another $2,000 to um, put some new countertops in. We can restructure the loan at that point to Hmm. make that happen for you so that, again, you're not putting money into a house that you don't own, um, but I can put that into the loan. But some moves are happening to get that. So at closing day, you can get get those repairs done. Correct. Yeah, cool. Um, So once the negotiations happen um, for the home inspection, then we move forward. And as a buyer, you just sit tight. Sit tight. Now I have to work. Now you have to work. And so are we in more communication or less communication than than before? I guess when you say sitting tight, I'm thinking, oh, do I get to kick my feet up? You do. I do. Okay, so I... um, And start packing. Start packing (laughs) up. Get the cardboard boxes out. can you talk a little bit about the underwriting process? Because I've heard from some folks, you know, I bought my home and I went into the kick my feet up stage, but all of a sudden I started to get letters from my lender, emails from my lender, texts that say, we need the 2013 tax return pronto. Um, why, why are they, why are they doing that? What, what's going on there? I used to think underwriters were uh, born under a rock and didn't have common sense. Luckily, that's not the case anymore. Your thoughts have changed on underwriters. Well, because I can talk to them now. Um, And if I do a good job collecting the information up front, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get a lot of phone calls from me during the process. I'm going to need some updated information. For example, the biggest one these days is you write a check for the earnest money when you put in your offer. Mm -hmm. It's usually like $1,000, $2,000. It depends. Anywhere from five hundred to a thousand to I've seen it go significantly more depending on the situation. Okay. Uh, that money goes to the title company, and that is part of your transaction. Right. So it doesn't get lost somewhere. We actually use that money towards your down payment, towards your closing costs, those type of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but the thing that I will end up needing is a copy of your bank statement showing that that check has cleared. So that will be one thing that you're going to hear a call from me saying, hey, by the way, mm-hmm. when that comes through. Log into your bank account, take a screenshot. Can I just do something like that? Or it's got to be a little more official? Well, we like a little more official. Yeah. Okay. A lot of those screenshots don't have your name on it. Oh, yeah. You got to include that. So I don't know where the money's coming from. Right. And um, during that time, you sit tight, you kick your feet up. You would recommend, as others have, not to make big purchases, correct? Never. <laughs> Stay away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Without so, talking to me first. Yeah. Sit tight and don't uh, do not do anything drastic. Don't do anything drastic. Make sure your bills are all paid on time. Yep. Keep the accounts in order. Keep the accounts in order. Don't do a lot of switching around of money. If you're going to do that, I'm going to need a paper trail. Yep. And if you're switching from one account to the next to the next to the next. That complicates things. It 
it does. It just creates more paperwork. I think that's where the folks we've talked with have, have run into problems is when, you know, maybe they own a business or maybe they're transferring money from an investment account or and they say they just need, as the lender starts looking at this, it's not, oh, the bank account is this and this is where all the money came from. There are some different channels feeding into this bank account. And so it becomes, we need to see now statements from bank account A, bank account B, investment account C, and that can get a little bit complicated, or would you say that should happen before the buy-sell agreement, before getting, you make an offer? Yeah, if you're getting pre-qualified, my first question is, where do you want to live? And the next question is, where's the money coming from? Mm-hmm. So I know that up front. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about two people, they're in a relationship, um, they, they want to get into a home, and they've made an offer. This is a little bit off topic, but they've made an offer, and um, they, you know, they've got a joint bank account, but they each have their own bank accounts. What, what does the underwriting process look like for something like that? Where's the money coming from? It's always the question. Yeah. Whose account is it coming from? If you're transferring it from one to the other, then I need both statements. Mm-hmm. If one person is employed and the other isn't, does that negatively impact the the transaction? No, as long as they can qualify with one income. And would that be, you know? So we have person A, person B. Person B is not working. Person A is. Um, would you would you write the loan for person A because they might get a better rate than like could person B potentially drag down the interest rate if if they have negative credit, for example? Credit is, is the so, issue. Credit is the issue. Yeah. Yeah. So is that something that you advise folks to do if they're looking to get into a home and maybe they're married and one person has a really great credit score, one person doesn't? You can say, you know, we could get a better rate if we use this person's credit and wrote the loan for this person only. I do it all the time. Yeah. So that's an option for folks. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Anything else that you see like that that our listeners might not think to think to ask or think to do when it comes to that process? Well, I think the biggest thing is is a lot of people have a misconception that you don't that you have to have twenty percent down. Mm-hmm. You don't. Uh, there's several other programs out there that that require very little money down. Um, there's a couple of programs because I'm a veteran. I always uh, talk to the people about veterans uh, programs. Yeah, definitely. No money down. Usually, the seller will kick in for the closing costs, um, and you can walk in with nothing. Yeah. Now. Is that a risk for some? A house can make you broke. Is that true? There's a difference between being qualified and being comfortable. And in the beginning, that's what we spend the most time on. Mm-hmm. Figuring out what they can actually afford versus what the paper says they can afford? Correct. Yeah. You know, what what's going to fit in your lifestyle? Most of the time, you're spending a lot less money on rent than you're going to be paying on a mortgage. Right. And so I, I counsel people to say, I want you to start saving money right now. Yeah. And I want you to be aware that your payment's going to go up. And I want you to be able to manipulate your lifestyle to make sure that when that first payment comes up, that you're ready for it. That you don't say, oh my gosh, I can't afford this house. Well, hopefully that'll never happen. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, I'm curious about underwriters. They're mysterious to me. So I have a lender, or let's, you know, you're my lender, Kat. Let's pretend you're my lender. And we've worked through this whole process together. I've put in my offer, and now you're asking me for, or maybe you asked me for this before, but my tax returns, 
okay, where does the money come from? We've answered those questions, but you've, you're sending this information off to somebody else or are you managing all of this? I guess the question is, like, what is the hierarchy here? Where is this underwriter? Are they, are they in your office? Are they in another office? Are they in, you know, Spain? What, what are we working with here? Well, I've been doing this a long time, and so I can look at the documentation and, and tell whether or not it's going to work. Mm-hmm. And then I put it through an automated system, which verifies that it's going to work. So then I gather up the information, send it over a secured system to um, one of my lenders, and they have underwriters. And it's just a title. That's all it is. Okay. It's They are looking at the documentation, making sure that it is correct, making sure that it makes sense and making sure that it follows the guidelines. And are they, do they need special certification to be an underwriter? They're... No. Okay. Just a lot of experience. A lot of experience. To say this person is a low risk, is that what they're assessing? Or they're just assessing these documents are real? What are they looking at? They're, they're assessing the, the risk factor, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, making sure that um, it fits within the guidelines. Got it. You know, guidelines the, to get the loan. Guidelines to get the loan. Yeah. Right. And they'll say, this looks great, but I need this. Mm-hmm. Or, Kathy, what are you talking about here? Let's have a phone call. Right. Okay. Um, and then they say, this all checks out. Then they say, this all checks out. And what's your next step? Once the home inspection negotiations have finalized, mm-hmm. then I get a phone call from you. Okay. And they say we're ready to go. Everything is good. Sometimes Moving forward. here we go. Sometimes there's a, an amendment to the buy sell agreement. Sometimes there's a price reduction. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a price increase to cover the cost of a roof. Comes up a lot. That's why I keep mentioning it. Yeah, right. The roofs. <laughs> um, and then I order an appraisal. Okay. And the appraisal comes and they say, yep, the home checks out. We're going to save appraisal for another episode because I think that's another topic. Okay. But my question is, is Missoula Mortgage, um, like, do you have a pool of money that you're loaning to me? Or who? where does that money come from that, you, that you're loaning me for the house? I don't have the money. I know where to go get it. Got it. And that could be any number of sources? I have several lenders that I deal with. Cool. And um, they offer different products, mm-hmm. and that's why I have several different lenders. Okay. Banks, is that? I don't sell to banks. Don't sell to banks. Nope. So lenders, could it be a private lender? No, because private lenders usually cost too much. Okay. So it's somewhere this money lives that, I guess that's confusing for folks too. It's like, where does, my, where does the money come from that's paying for my loan? Sure. Um, it's called the secondary market. Okay. We'll right. It's not the stock market. Got it. It's the people that... You're not borrowing from Apple. No. <laughs> right. No. Um, and you're not borrowing directly from the VA. Okay. You're not borrowing directly from FHA. Um, you are borrowing from a company that sets up that has lots and lots of money mm-hmm. that they afford to broker out to me. Very cool. And, and that's where the interest rate comes in that, you know... You loan this money to me, I'm able to get into a home, and I pay a little bit of interest for that, right, for the the use of that money. Correct. Cool. Um, Let's talk about closing day. Okay. So I show up, it's, you know, let's say I'm closing on a Wednesday, it's six in the morning, I wake up and I say, today's closing day, and I've purchased a $200,000 home, 
And you know, I've actually scraped together 20%. So I'm, I owe 40 grand. Um, Cassie, my math is right on that, correct? For 200K? Yeah, we're good. Uh, and so I show up with, what do I need? I go to my bank. I go to you first and say, okay, I need the 40 grand from the lender. I guess that wouldn't be the case if I've saved up. But um, So I go to my bank and I say, I'm closing on a home today. What do you recommend from there? Well, again, I'm going to call you a couple of days ahead of time. Okay. The appraisal's good. The value's yep. fine. We're going to be moving forward in less than 10 days. We're going to have cash for keys. Cash for keys. Cool. Okay. So I will let you know which title company that we're dealing with. Make sure you know the address and the, and the phone number of the title company. What time is good for you to, to sign the papers. Mm-hmm. Takes about an hour. And then you're going to need to go to your bank, your credit union, your mom, your dad, wherever your money's coming wherever from. Wherever money is coming from. And get a cashier's check made okay. out to the title company. Cool. And are you there with me on this day? Absolutely. So you're, you're there with me to kind of help look at some of the documentation that I'm signing and my right. real estate agent as well will be there? Most of the time, yes. Most of the time. Is there anybody else there? I've Typically. had um, parents. Parents will go. Okay. First time home buyers. That's fun. Yeah, I've had children. Um, In terms of your team, though, it's your lender and your agent. It's just me. Just you. Cool. Just me. Um, and the title company, obviously. Yeah, they'll be there. Making sure the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. <laughs> right, and that's their job. And it's and the reason that we use title companies is because they're an independent party. Mm-hmm. It's not you handing me the check for $40,000 and me going to Mexico. Right. Right. right? It's them. They're, they are hired um, to finalize the transaction, mm-hmm. to make sure that you are who you are, to make sure that um, you're signing all the documents where you need to sign them, and to collect the money. And then they will collect the money from the lender. Uh, at some point, they'll also get all of the signatures that they need from the seller to make sure that that's all taken care of, and then they will take the documents down to the courthouse and record them. That's their job. That's their job. I don't know if I want that job. It sounds like a, kind of a tough job, day in, day out doing that. But we'll talk to someone at a title company at some point and see kind of what, uh, what drives that ship. That's really interesting. Um, how much money do I need to bring to pay you on that day, on closing day? Not a dime. So how does that work? I think that's confusing for folks too. Is what I, I, I'm bringing my $40,000 and I, I put it down, the title company takes it away and I'm really appreciative of all the help you've given me. I feel like I should pay you something for your time and your effort and your money, but you're volunteering. That's so nice of you. How, <laughs> I can't believe it. This is such a cool service. Yeah. How does that, how does that actually work? I get paid by the lender. Paid and by the lender. I thought you were my lender. I am a broker. Broker. Remember, I don't have the money, but I know where to go get it. Right. So a broker is the one that finds the money. Okay. The lender is the one that has the money. And do they pay you handsomely? They pay me a percentage. A percentage of the total? Um, loan amount. Loan amount. Not okay. the purchase price. Real estate agents get paid on the purchase price. I get paid on the loan amount. Okay. And so how does that impact the, the consumer, me, the buyer? It's all about interest rate. Okay. To be honest with you. Okay. Interest rates are like any other thing that is sold on the market. They're like coffee beans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sometimes um, you buy really, really good coffee beans and it costs you a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're willing to take the generic. 
Folgers versus here in town, uh, Black Coffee. Black Coffee Roasters. Yeah, that's a good... Look them up online for those listening outside of Missoula, Montana. Um, okay, so when people say, oh, interest rates are uh, 4.5%, that can vary. So depending on what types of services you're looking for, you might be paying a 5.5% interest rate, but you're going to have the amazing service. That everything's taken care of you along the way, and you pay for that service. You pay for that quality. Not... Not necessarily, no. Not exactly like that. Not exactly like that at all. Okay. Not not nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> educate educate us. What did we miss there? Yeah. Um, interest rate is based on credit. Okay. And it's based on the amount of down payment there is. Yeah. And it also depends on whether or not you're going to live in the house. Mm-hmm. It depends on if it's a single family residence or if it's a fourplex. A lot of variables. Or if it's a manufactured home. Right. So I guess I was looking at the... Um, getting paid by the lender that if it's you said it's kind of based on interest rate that's how it impacts the buyer mm-hmm. is like is when you're getting paid a percentage of that loan right so does that mean that in some in some cases my broker might negotiate a higher interest rate for me because they want to get paid more is that happen in some cases it used to happen a lot it used to happen a lot yeah and so yeah. how can buyers sort of be aware of that or look out for that They've given you uh, what's called an APR, annual percentage rate. Okay. And when you are looking around to find a lender, you need to look at the annual percentage rate because that's that encompasses all of the fees. Okay. And it'll also uh, show you what your interest rate is. Got it. When do you find that out? Is that should be right away. Right away, you can find that out. Day one meeting with. Meeting with a lender. Cool. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, that's really good info. I don't think we've talked about APR in any of the episodes yet. So thanks for that. That's really sure. cool. Good. Well, we really appreciate your time. I think in terms of just the insights and kind of how deep we went into some of these topics, it's uh, it's going to be a really great episode for our listeners to, to gain some insights and ask some some you know questions, but also some tough questions to their lender. I think people should feel empowered to question what's going on and the, the whole process. So thank you very much. You're welcome. You know, a lot of the times they don't know what questions to ask. Yeah. And so that's when I spend a lot of time making sure that they understand. And then what I always say is we've gone through all kinds of things. When you're when you go home and your mind turns to mush, write your questions down and call me. Think about them again. Wake up in the morning. Yeah. It does seem like a lot of the, you know, in a lot of ways, you're coaching folks. At least that's what the best lenders and brokers are doing is they're helping coach folks through the process. And it seems like on the on the other end of the spectrum, on the wrong side of the lending and broking industry, there's folks that um, are looking for ways to take advantage. Does that still happen? Or you said it very rarely these days. They're coming back. It's coming back. So be on the lookout. Yeah. 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 Ask about fees. Ask about costs. Mm-hmm. Um, those are really the biggest things that impact uh, the borrowers. Okay. And make sure that it's something that you're comfortable with and not just something that you're qualified for. That's a great, great tip. Great way to close the episode today. Thanks again, Kathy. You're welcome.